Hello everyone, my name is Hana Nakagawa and I am a Bible worker from Newcastle Union Adventist Church and I'm here with Lawson Water. Yes, and I am also <laughs> a, a Bible worker from the Newcastle University Adventist Church and uh, yeah, today we're bringing you the Sabbath School Commentary. Amen. So today we are going to discuss about Lesson 9, Jesus the Perfect Sacrifice. Mm. But before we get into the discussion, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for giving us life today. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you are amazing God who is faithful, who is love and merciful. Father, we just want to ask you that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit, mm. baptize us, Lord, and I pray that yeah, you will guide our conversation and may your Holy Spirit touch people's hearts uh, who are um, hearing this podcast as well. We love you, Lord. Pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Jesus, the perfect sacrifice. I want to start begin asking this question. Why were sacrifices needed? Jesus is the sacrifice, but why he needed to die? Yeah. Mm. Do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's simply this. Like the Bible is very clear that sin is the transgression of the law. We mm. obviously live in a a world of sin today, which is very unfortunate. Mm. Sin is a transgression of God's law. And God's law, like the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Mm. And that is because, I think, it, I believe it's in two senses. We know that sin leads to death, that's according right. to Romans. Mm. That, that's just the simple reality. Mm. And I believe that takes place in two ways. Like, firstly, it leads to death because you are guilty of the law mm. and the penalty is death. We have laws and there's penalty for them. If we speed, we get a fine. If we such and such, da da da. Like it's a cause and effect type thing. Mm -hmm. And the kind of legislative penalty for sin is death. That's right. Uh, and that's because, but that's because I believe the natural consequence of sin as well, which is also death. And I love the simple illustration of pulling the light out of the socket. Once you pull that thing out, it turns off. It, ce it ceases to have power going to it yeah. and the ability to shine. And the simple reality is that sin is completely and utterly opposed to God. There's mm. no justification for it. There's no reason why it should exist, yet it does because of free will. Mm. And when we sin, we separate ourselves from the source of life. That's true. So the simple reality is, yeah, from a legislative point of view and from a natural consequences point of view, mm. sin equals death. So in order for us to be right with God, that means not sinning against God, there needs to be some kind of sacrifice. Mm. And because the consequence of sin is death, there needs to be death to be right with God. Is that right? Yeah, there needs to be something to take the place of that consequence of sin isn't rendered because of the existence of sin. The, mm. the na like the consequence of sin ex exists. Yeah, there, there, it doesn't. It's not rendered out of existence. The mm. consequences of sin. There, like God can't make right what is been made wrong mm. there needs to be we can but not by just saying oh it no longer exists there needs to be some kind of consequence that takes place that's true i was just reading uh, romans 7 and i think it's 12 it's talking about god's law and mm. god's law is holy just and good mm. it's not something that changeable his right. law never change that's right and god doesn't say oh never mind your mm. sin is okay no sin 
there is an effect of sin as well.、Mm. And I'm just wondering, Lawson, here in the first question of why were sacrifices needed? Can you explain from the context of New Covenant or Old Covenant? Yeah, sure. The Bible verse that the、uh, the Sabbath school gives to introduce us to this idea of the covenant, specifically and particularly through Hebrews, is Hebrews chapter nine and verse fifteen. Uh, where the Bible says this, it says, "And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death,、mm-hmm. for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the inter the eternal inheritance."、Mm-hmm. Um, I love that word that he uses there, mediator. There is someone standing in our way of receiving,、mm-hmm. you know, this consequence. Of sin,、uh, that word mediator literally means middleman, and and、uh, for those listening, if you've ever been in a court case and you've gone through mediation, there's someone in the middle, kind of relaying and connecting you and the the other party. They're standing in the middle, kind of coming to terms with both sides of the arguments, and then having the ability to be able to adjudicate and、mm. um, put things in their right place. Now, it, this is the time, the term that is. Ascribed to Christ、yeah. and His role, that He becomes a mediator within this new covenant of、mm. which we have broken,、mm. and that is because, and the specific way that He does that is through His death. He becomes mediator through His death. He、mm. stands in the middle. He stands in the way of the natural and legislative consequences、mm. of sin, and that's amazing. That is very good news for us, guys.、Amen. If you hadn't realized, that is really great because if we had no mediator. We would have no life. We、That、would have no、true. forgiveness. We would have, we would have nothing.、Mm. This new covenant is originally given, and I, I can just simply read the example, this paragraph that it gives here in Sunday's lesson. It says, for example, when God made a covenant with Abraham, the ceremony involved the cutting of animals in half, and then it gives a reference here, Genesis chapter fifteen, six to twenty-one. The parties would walk between the parts as an acknowledgement that those animals represented the faith of the party that broke the covenant. Significantly, only God walked between the animals for the purpose of communicating to Abraham that he will not break his promise.、Mm. This is like even better news、um, because what this is ultimately saying is that, like, when it comes to to the new covenant, which is actually the old covenant, I'll get into a little bit the difference there in a sec. But God is the one who makes and seals the promise.、Mm. In fact, He doesn't leave any responsibility on Abraham in. The way of keeping promises, our our beloved prophet Ellen White says our promises are like ropes of sand,、mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys have ever tried to make ropes <laughs> out of sand, but it's impossible. That's right. And so the reality for us is we have no ability to be able to keep this covenant,、mm. um, and so God is the one who keeps it. Praise the Lord. Amen. That. that being said, we do have this this old covenant that is talked about within the Bible, and I believe the old covenant kind of functions. As essentially a, it's an object lesson.、Mm-hmm. We already had the new covenant before we had the old covenant, and the old covenant functions as this object lesson to show us what it looks like to try and keep the covenant in our own strength. Actually, let's turn that. Hannah, I'll get you to read this one. Yeah.、Uh, let's go to the book of Exodus, and we're going to see here what the case was when a covenant between God and His people, this old covenant, took place. Let's see why this was old and why this was specifically bad. So let's start in Exodus nineteen. And Hannah, if you could pick up reading for us in verse three. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, "Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel." 
You have seen what I did to Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wing and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. There are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded okay, him. Okay, perfect, perfect. Nice work. So... God, he comes, he presents before them the covenant. He says that the results of keeping this covenant, which is this two-sided agreement, mm-hmm. would that would be that God would just absolutely bless them. Mm. He'd bear them on eagles' wings, which is a oh, fantastic imagery of lifting them up from the from the world, keeping them safe, protecting them, blessing them. Like God was really willing to give them everything. And obviously mm. this alludes to the forgiveness of their sins as well. Mm. That, yeah, God would just give them blessings. And we know from the Abrahamic covenant too, a part of the blessings for specifically the people of Israel was land, descendants, and that through them, the Messiah would come. And so God is, I will literally give you everything. Mm. I'll give you everything you need if you can keep this covenant. Mm. God has already indicated to Abraham that God is the one who keeps the covenant for us because we don't have the ability to. But now we see how Israel responded. And we find that specifically in verse 8. So if you want to read that for us, Hannah, that would be awesome. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. (laughs) All right. Ooh, there is a fatal error taking place for the children of Israel here Mm. as they come back to God. And when the Bible says that the old covenant was made on faulty promises... If for, for future effort, uh, reference, Exodus chapter 19 and verse 8, that's where you find it. Where's the faulty promise in the Old Covenant? Exodus chapter 19 and verse 8. What is the faulty promise here, Hannah? Oh, it is saying, they're saying that all the things that God told me, told us, we will obey. Like, yeah. we will do. Like, we yeah. will, yeah, we will keep in our own strength. Kind of that's thing. right. They've clearly, this is playing into their pride, and it's, mm. which is, strange because they've been slaves for 400 years and it's incredible hey how we can be proud slaves we Mm. can in our pride make promises like this they're like yeah god has saved us that's amazing so then we will do everything he says perfectly seeing themselves as a special people not because of what god had done for them Mm. but somehow in it of themselves and so they make this promise to god and the it's like the litmus test to knowing whether this was a faulty promise is how did this go for them what do you think, Hannah? How, well, how, how did this end up? Well, they were making golden calf and everything um, <laughs> just after this. Yeah. And they were fully obeying, disobeying God. They yeah. were just fully worshipping other gods and, yeah, going against mm. God. Totally. So, like, now we understand there is a new covenant, an old covenant. It revolves around this idea of God restoring us, of forgiving us, mm. of bringing us back to slash closer to him and the difference between the old and the new is this object lesson that takes place is who would be able to keep the covenant Mm. in the new covenant it's god who keeps it in the old covenant it's man who tries to keep it Um, but (laughs) thankfully we are under the new covenant where it's god who is keeping it now does this mean that we are free from responsibility and that we have become like robots or anything like that? The simple answer is no. no. He's given us freedom of choice, personal responsibility, all these things. In fact, the biggest thing that we need to do is make the decision to 
believe God and to、mm. have faith in Him. That's such a good point, though. And also, we cannot keep the law. But then sometimes we tend to think, oh, damn, like, do we, do we really need to keep the law?、Mm. But I just want to make this point of that. Law is the central of the gospel message because、mm. if there was no law, then there's no gospel. Yeah, there's just chaos. Yeah, so again, this point of law is important, law is just、mm. and holy and good. That's such a,、oh, that is such a good point from the perspective. Like, yeah, the Bible and Ellen White, and a quick bit of thinking about what the Bible is trying to communicate through Jesus' death. Is that there is no justification for sin.、Mm. If, if, there was, if sin is justified, Jesus doesn't need to die. That's right. He doesn't need to sacrifice、yeah. himself for us. Neither、mm. do we, neither does anyone, neither, neither does even Satan.、Mm. We don't need a sacrifice if、mm. we can come up with a reason to justify sin,、mm. which again, the definition of is the transgression of the law.、Yeah. But the simple reality is that the law is good and holy and just and is an immense blessing to us and is. Perfect because、mm. it comes from a perfect God, and our breaking on it of the law can only come from a place of complete and utter insanity. That's right, like it really makes no sense. In fact, the Bible calls it the mystery of iniquity、mm. that sin exists. It's like, why? Good point. I love how it says the、um, Sabbath school lesson says, God faced a painful dilemma.、Mm. The covenant demanded the death of the transgressors, but God loved his people. If God should simply look the other way or、um, refuse to punish the transgressors, his commandments would never be enforceable.、Mm. And this world would、uh, descend into chaos. And, like, a world full of sin is not a world that we want to live in. That's right.、Um, that's not something God wants, neither. Yeah, that's right. I, I feel like, and a lot of us listening to this today, we're Christian people. And so we're like, oh, why would we want sin? But it, it is very much the opinion of the world. This idea of, oh, follow your heart, do what you like.、Mm. But we see the, the ultimate, like the consequence or the ultimate conclusion of that, in particularly like Noah's time, where、mm. the Bible says that the thoughts of man were only violence and evil continually.、Yeah. And you saw this a few different times in the Bible. I was reading this morning in the book of Genesis where it talks about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's、mm. the same kind of situation. Like they, these people were. Had a reputation for being exceedingly wicked. When the Spirit of God is removed from us, our situation, where God, when we reject God to the point where God can no longer dwell with us,、mm. it only leads to pain. Yeah. Sin only leads to pain. There、mm. isn't a circumstance in which, oh, we can do it on our own and, oh, God, why don't you leave us alone? Yeah, we, like, we live and we die, but like, we're doing our own thing. And it's no, no like, it's sad, it's evil, it's death, it's pain, it's、mm. suffering. And God wants to give us something so much opposite. Like, He wants to give us something so good. And that is why the sacrifice is necessary. That is why we need a sacrifice because God wants to take us to. A place he wants to give us、um, a life that is so much better than what we have now. I love that. And this is something not really related to this Sabbath school lesson, but to the point that you made, like sin hurts, painful.、Yeah. And Proverbs 8 36, it says that, but he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love them. And God gave us law not because He wants to restrict us or、mm. anything, but He wanted to bless us. He wanted the best life for us. And if we go against that law of God, it actually leads us to suffering, pain. That's right. Wrong our own soul. That is like. Yeah. I love like the classic illustration that I've heard a few times from the pulpit this idea of the, the disobedient dog. 
Mm. It's like the disobedient dog who bites people and, you know, breaks the, the rules all the time, especially like when it starts attacking people, usually gets put down. And the reality is for a dog that doesn't have rules or boundaries, they are often the most unhappy. Mm. Uh, they're the most <laughs> self-conscious. Yeah. They struggle the most mm. and it leads them to do really terrible and, and awful things. Mm. Now, I don't want to insinuate they're all dogs here or something like that. But the reality is that we are sinful human beings. We are limited. We are myopic and, and narrow. We, it's a struggle for us to be able to see past our situations. And we can think that sin or things that God classifies as sin is good for us, but really it's ultimately making us more unhappy, more mm. self-conscious, uh, and more sad. Mm. And obviously God is motivated then to save his people from sin and the means in which he did it by, which is the really beautiful part of the gospel message mm. is through the sacrifice of himself. Amen. Mm. Amen. To the um, point of Jesus' perfect sacrifice, we also yes. want to discuss about his, how his sacrifice means to us. So mm. the blood of Jesus not only forgives us, mm -hmm. but also it sanctifies us as mm. well. And it also, I love how it says, Jesus' sacrifice also provides nourishment for our spiritual life. Mm. as well yeah his blood not only justify us mm. but also um, sanctify us mm. and then lead us to the life that represent god that glorify right. god as well yeah his sacrifice is so holistic mm. we pray like this is really powerful i think uh, sometimes people i believe that this is i would consider this a very catholic view um, of Jesus, it, it's like deistic Christ. Mm. For those who don't know what deism is, it's the idea that God created the world, uh, he set things in motion, mm. and then he left us to our own devices, mm. which is something that uh, we don't believe. The, mm. the Bible is too powerful for us to believe this. The, the story of the Bible is how God has continually tried to save us from sin. Like God is definitely working in this world, and, th and that's incredible. But then there's this idea of uh, maybe a de deistic Christ, that yes, he died so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And like I, I brought up the example of Catholics, the idea that you go along, you confess your sin but it's so much more than that the sacrifice of christ it's not that we can just be forgiven mm. but that christ is actively working in our lives to give us the ability to be able to follow him to grow and i love those words that you use justification sanctification glorification mm. um, and we believe that takes place like as christ has become our high priest he's representing us in the sanctuary in heaven which mm. is you know coming right back to our adventist roots and, yes. and and what we believe our, our beautiful message of the sanctuary and how the sacrifice is so effective in our lives like god is working for us he is he's mediating for us in in more than one way yes mm. he's a, the mediator that stands in the middle so that we don't receive sacrifice mm. but he's also representing us to god but then also pouring out his holy spirit from Amen. heaven so that we have the ability to mm. be able to follow him to yes. choose him to yes. be a part of this covenantal relationship mm. it really is a win-win situation all the bases are covered mm. and i feel as god gave the illustration all the way back in genesis to abraham that he's the only one that needs to walk through the middle of the animals mm. he's the one who fulfills his promises mm. when we bring it all the way into the context of our day and what christ has done for us we can see that again 
that Christ is hitting. He's the one hitting all the marks. Mm. He never leaves us in our own strength. He never leaves us to our own devices. He is baiting us. I'm with you always. He mm. is telling us, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, I'll mm. give you rest. Like he is constantly wanting to be us, be with us, to spend time with us because he loves us and he wants to, to grow us. He, mm. he wants to give us a true life in him, Amen. which is amazing. This is the real heart of what we believe, especially as Adventists, especially as we believe that Christ is doing that work in the sanctuary. And then furthermore, he is coming soon. Like he's, why is Jesus coming back soon? Why does he have such, such a want to come back? Because he loves us so much. Mm. He's been spending all this time with us already. He's been mm. looking at us. He's been working, but he wants even more. He's so much more, even motivated, still even to come back to save us from sin so that we ne- no longer need to be in this place of battling sin. Like he loves us that much mm. which is amazing what more could we ask for what amen. more could we ask from god it's incredible amen i just was reminded a few verses of jesus is the author and finish of our faith and yes our philippian 1 6 being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in wow. you will complete it until the day of jesus coming mm. jesus christ yeah <laughs> yeah it also throws my mind to revelation chapter one from the omega mm. like i'm i'm the beginning and the end mm. jesus really telling us not that Oh yeah, like I am God who created. He's not just using that as a title for himself so that, I don't know, he makes himself feel good or that we're, we're just like, oh yeah, this is this guy's legit. No, he is, he is giving us a job description almost. Mm. In the Alpha and the Omega, the Omega, the beginning and the end, he is the one doing the work. And we are simply following. We're following, we're accepting, we're being blessed. And that's, ama- that's amazing. Amen. So we should wrap up this commentary (laughs) i have been really blessed Mm. but yeah is there any last thoughts for this uh, lesson nine lawson if not i i will say one thing i think wednesday's lesson Mm. it it talks about specifically some of the things from leviticus 16 the day of atonement and the cleansing of the sanctuary really just showing us like the work that christ is doing but particularly when we talk about the day of atonement and how that relates to its kind of eschatological implications Mm. when we talk about the judgment at the very end of time where god will remove sin from the universe Mm. the confidence that we can have that Christ is removing our sin. Mm. Like we can be so sure of our salvation because of the work that Christ has done. Yes. We can be like, when we look at judgment, we there is no need to be scared. Mm. For the Israelites themselves, they had no need to be scared because it was so literal for them. Because when it came to the day of atonement, if they were found to be not repentant of sin during the day of atonement, then they would be kicked out of the camp. And so there would have been that anxiety in them, but they knew that they were saved during the day of atonement when they gave a sheep on Mm -hmm. that day when they sacrificed for their sins they're like okay i'm in like i'm good i'm in i'm good the blood can be cleansed from the sanctuary it's no longer on me everything is done like god everything has been done for me i am free from sin Mm. Uh, which is an amazingly secure place to be in now as we are living in this world and we don't have a literal goat to sacrifice for our sins it can be like oh man am i am i out we don't need to have that anxiousness simply because of the point that christ is doing that work and if we believe in him and if we are coming to him in repentance yeah we'll be saved we just need to make one decision amen i forgot that quote but <laughs> basically the point that you are making it's such a beautiful point and mm. i think it was c.s lewis who said that when we look at ourselves 
we will wonder how can we be saved. But when we look、mm. at Jesus, like how can we will wonder how can we not be saved? How yeah, can we be、right. lost? That's right. Yeah, look at Jesus. Turn our eyes upon Him,、mm. and just yeah, let's focus Jesus. Today, day by day, that、Amen. yeah, we will follow him. We don't have any power to change ourselves,、yeah. but Jesus will finish the work in us and、mm. through us as well. So, thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast today, and、mm. let's close with a word of prayer. Please pray for us. Yeah, sure. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much、um, for what you have done for us. We just、mm. look at you, as we mentioned in our study, the author and the finisher of our faith.、Amen. You are consistently going above and beyond for your creation、mm. because you love us so much. There is no justification for sin. It is. It's impossible that it even exists. Yet you have done every single thing to save us from yes, it.、Lord. Amazing, Lord, we are so blessed to know you.、Uh, we are so blessed that you are our God, and we just pray、uh, that we can live a life in repentance, coming to you, confessing our transgressions, knowing that you will forgive us, and also, Lord, that we can have this experience of justification, sanctification, and glorification. That ultimately we would glorify you in our lives and attract、mm. others to you. Lord, thank you for everything you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.